You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Welcome back to Screening in Kingston. We have a jam-packed, amazing episode. Um, I'm pumped about this one. Taylor, how are you? Oh, you know, it's a uh, it's a Monday while we're recording. Is it? Yes, yes, y- yes. <laughs> okay. So that's how that's about as that's well how as Taylor. It's going. Moving on. That's how Taylor is. Um, well, we're 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 gonna brighten your Monday up, Taylor, because this is a great episode. No, I'm excited. Um, yeah, this is we got a lot a lot of fun stuff to get into. Um, and welcoming, we're going to welcome someone back to the show. Uh, you know him. He's been here several times. Matt, welcome back. How are you? It's good to be back. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks. Good to, good to be here. You must be busy, though. I mean, this is the week leading into your festival, so it must be starting to get busy for you. One would think whether I actually <laughs> am is another story. <laughs> That was what that was me when people would ask me about my dissertation, being like, "Oh, are you getting busy?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> kinda." No, I'm sure you actually are. You probably actually are busy, Matt. Sure. <laughs> exactly my response when people used to ask me if I was busy. Yep, sure. I mean, Whatever I guess you say. Lot, I guess this year a lot of the the legwork has has been done, and without live events you know, maybe there's less to kind of worry about, Matt. Like, would you say it's a little different in that way? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I'm ready to go. Like, the festival's ready to go. The, the, one of the great things about being virtual is that the, the pressure is off anyone who's presenting or having to speak in front of an audience. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, that that's just not happening. I mean, and also, you know, like you're 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 counting on volunteers to be there and to do box office and sell tickets and set things up. And it's like it's all ready. It's all it's all good to go. It's all set up. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned to our fans on last week's show that Real Out has gone digital this year. This is you know a response to everything going on. You you know you had to get creative. Um, so yeah, I guess that makes sense. A lot of that. Uh, worrying about box office, that legwork, it's all been done when you set up the systems, you know, like a month or so ago. So that that is kind of interesting that it's that's a little bit different um, in, in comparison to, to other years. I mean, I know you're like us. You probably you, you'd rather be in the theaters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's um, it's a very strange situation in creating this virtual platform for a festival. I mean, a film festival is you know to to bring like-minded people together and to talk Mm -hmm. about films and celebrate films and like it's a collective experience and to just have it set up so that everyone's siloed at home it's antithetical but it's you know as we know it's crazy time so we make do and when did you decide that you were gonna um, take it virtual like did you know like last year after the conclusion of last well I guess because it lockdown happened in March and we would have yeah so the real was done yeah we yeah. got in before any of that happened which is great yeah yeah and yes we're very grateful that uh, we didn't 
um, fall, um, like the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, but we, we decided in September, we made the decision in September, we left it sort of open that it could be a hybrid and have a couple of live events. But sure. um, I think by the, by the beginning of October, I, I said to my board, like, this is, this is definitely, should, we should just err on the, on safety side mm-hmm. and do everything virtually. Yeah. It's, it's a really smart decision that you were, you know, looking ahead like that. I mean, a lot of, groups and and certainly in in some of the other entertainment industries i don't think they've had quite as much foresight as that to actually plan ahead like that so i'm glad that you're able to find a way to make this happen you know regardless and and i think that was you know it's a smart move it's obviously it is different and i couldn't agree with you more i mean that's the thing about film it's not just viewing it and watching it the, the discourse and having people together and the discussion and like experiencing it as a group I mean, that's that's one of the things I love about movies. And you kind of miss that a little bit um, by having to kind of be home. But at least it's happening. It's better than it not happening, which yeah. know, I think you'd agree. Yeah. So what we're what we're going to do is um, we uh, we're, we're going to have not for all of the programs. There's 19 programs this year, but we're, we're mm-hmm. going to have um, sort of casual um, chats that are going to be over zoom. So, well, so, um, there'll be a link that'll be put up on the day of each program. Mm -hmm. And, and after you've watched the film, if you're feeling, you know, lonely or want to talk about the film, you can click on the zoom link and it'll take you to the virtual chat room and we'll have board directors and staff that will moderate any sort of discussion, but it won't be like, you know, a panel or anything academic. I mean, there could be filmmakers in the room, and you can ask them questions, but it's going to be very informal. It's more of like a safe space to just not feel so isolated. That's fantastic. To be in That's community. Amazing. It is a it's a community room. It's a chat room. It, yeah. It's basically a virtual uh, cafe or pub or you know cool. where you might go after you see a movie. That's fantastic. That's a, like a, an amazing idea. I'm really glad you're doing that. But you, so you said that's for just select programming and you can find out because it'll be posted sort yeah, of the day of. It'll be on the program page. Great. Yeah. Perfect. So um, far, I think there's about eight, eight programs out of the, the 19. That's great. Yeah. 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 Hey, that's, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just to remind uh, people that uh, if, if you're looking for information on Reelout, you can go to reelout.com and you can get everything there. You can also go directly to the eventive page, reelout.eventive.org. So you can go to both those places. We'll remind people um, by the end as well. Um, so Matt, before we, uh, we, we get into something really interesting because uh, we were just all talking about it. We have some fans who wrote in to, to ask you questions, which Ooh. shocked me. <laughs> I mean, I think Taylor and I, we get fan questions all the time, yes, but I, our fans are ahead of us. <laughs> what, what shocked you that you had questions or that we have fans? Uh, both. I mean, it always shocks <laughs> us when, when people admit they're, they're listening. Um, but the fact that they were ahead of the curve, usually we have to ask and prompt people, hey, write in questions this week. But um, often people will write in some general questions for Taylor and I here and there. These are like specific to you, not knowing whether like some of them at the I'll read the whole email. Some people were like, I don't even know if Matt's going to be on for this part of it. But here's a question. So I, I'm always happy to, to learn that our fans are ahead of the well, curve. Well, you know that. what, Mike? I would say that our fans are more organized than we are. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would, <laughs> like, I would never they, disagree with that. They keep <laughs> us on the ball. We don't have yeah. to keep them on the ball. <laughs> they keep us sorted. So I'm not they make, surprised. They make it so the level of prep we have to do is so little <laughs> that, yeah. that we're able to just kind of roll into this. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's great to have people listening. But before we get into that, um, Matt, can you just... Just as a reminder, because it's been a while since we've chatted about specifically the festival, do you want to just give a, a brief rundown? Uh, what is the Reel Out Festival and kind of the, the basic details? Okay. Um, so the Reel Out Queer Film Festival is um, a annual celebration of independent LGBTQ plus films from around the world. Um, it's usually between, you know, eight to 10 days, um, set at the screening room in Kingston, Ontario. Um, and, uh, yeah, we have, we offer films and, uh, uh, artists, audience engagements, Mm -hmm. parties. Um, and it's just a really, it's a celebration of, of, of queer lives, um, and artists. Um, and it's, um, it's been a part of Kingston's cultural fabric since 1999. Amazing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's, even though it's virtual this year, it's still running for, for what is it like over a week, January 29th to February 6th. I mean, right. that's a lot of, pro- I mean, what you meant 19 programs like that's, you're still doing quite a bit for, for having some restrictions. So it's, it's fantastic that I can continue yeah i mean we're yeah it's 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 a little bit bigger than it was last year actually <laughs> when we're in person so um that's just how it turned out yeah. yeah um so let's let's get to our fans who have lots of questions for you matt um so let's let's just hear from them and we'll see where this goes um so first let's um let's go to lily who writes in and says i'm not sure if you're having matt on for fan questions or not but I was wondering, how did the selection of the films this year differ from other years? Did you take the smaller screen or streaming into consideration at all? So that's from Lily. Okay. Well, hey, Lily. Um, it's so I guess so the second part of the question: Did we take small screen streaming into consideration at all? I guess the short answer is no. Um, however, um, one of sort of my overarching golden rules for programming is, um, if you find a film, a submission remotely or mildly irritating, imagine it the size of a movie screen (laughs) (laughs) and then, you know, so, so yeah, so, I mean, context is important, but, um, um, we uh, so the selection of the films this year differed from other years in that we made a concerted concerted effort to um, to program films that left one hopeful uh, or even dare we say happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's often oftentimes, especially with the trans films, um, there's I mean a lot of the documentaries reflect the sad reality. Um, for a lot of trans folks, um, what we really wanted to emphasize the escape, uh, aspect of cinema this year. So, um, there were a thousand and three 
films um, that were submitted through the Film Freeway uh, platform. Wow. Which is the first time we've used it. So that's about seven times the number of films that are normally submitted. And there's 12 of us on the committee. Wow. So (laughs) And you're all so all twelve of you are just going through like a thousand submissions. And that must be really like that must be so tough to make those decisions. It is. And and I mean like there's there there were a couple of programmers that actually pretty much watched everything. I mean, mm-hmm. the idea is that at least we get two opinions on every submission. Sure. That makes so, sense. So so we we weren't asking our volunteers to like watch a thousand plus movies. I was uh, gonna I was gonna sorry to interject real quick, Matt. I'm curious, I mean I don't come from the world of film festivals. So I actually was wondering, do you, the idea is that before you pick a movie you actually have to watch it. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, that is a lot of content to work yeah. through. Yeah. I mean, different festivals have different ways of programming their films. Sometimes they have paid programmers, you know, um, it just, this system works for us having right. it, you know, it's keeping with sort of our grassroots community based um, festival that, that the films are actually chosen by, you know, a microcosm of our audience. When do you start watching the movies? Um, May. Okay. So, but most, I would say the majority of the film submissions came in in July, August, and September, which is, and then September 30th is our cutoff. So it's like a mad rush at the end. Wow. That's and cool. They, yeah, there were so many great films that were submitted this year that, I mean, we just couldn't show because there just wasn't enough space there yeah. wasn't enough room yeah. oh, tough decisions <laughs> i don't know how you do it um okay next question comes from uh susan who wants to know how does reload define a queer film is it content driven or is it based on who is involved in each film just curious about that part of the process so that's from susan hey susan so that's a good question too i i the the answer is um it's either subject matter or it could be the artists themselves. Um, it, 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 sometimes it's tricky. It definitely was tricky this year because they just came from all over the place. And um, there, a lot of times we wondered, I think that was like the, the number one question in all of our notes was, is this queer? Mm-hmm. Uh, and oftentimes we would actually have to approach the filmmaker and say, are, you know, do you identify as LGBTQ plus um, just to get an idea? Because uh, oftentimes it's kind of like, did you submit this and not read the instructions? <laughs> you know, and we've shown films, you know, I've said this in the past that, you know, for a lot of people who aren't in the community, they, they want to support the festival. There are films that we've shown at the festival that if you walked, you walked off the street into this and bought a ticket, to the screening room for a film, you may have no idea that you're in a queer film festival. We showed right. a feature length documentary about a garden in Quebec and the filmmakers are queer and the subject was even, you know, up to for interpretation, whether it was queer or not, but you know, queer people like to garden too. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, but I mean, this year, I think we, you know, uh, well, here's another example. There's a film, in our in one of the shorts programs called "She's Reeling Out," uh, doc shorts by women, 
and it's by a filmmaker by the name of Sarah Wiley, and it's called The Garden Collect- uh, the Garden Collective. And it's a little short documentary about former inmates of the prison for women who are planning uh, a garden on the site. Mm-hmm. And there was a discussion around that film, whether or not we would show it, because it, it in itself is not overtly queer. Right. Hmm. Um, no, so did you feel like sorry that's what's great about a diverse uh number of a jury of programmers is that like you get diverse opinions on you know for example what is queer and is this queer to you did you feel like you had to be more strict this year than matt no i'm never strict when it comes to program- <laughs> I actually, I, I try not to wear any sort of executive hat at all when it comes to programming. And I think that that's the secret to success because I mean, my aesthetics are my aesthetics, you know, my mm-hmm. taste. If it was the Matt Salton film festival, it would all be horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> or 24 seven, which would be, not a bad thing. but um, yeah, no. Um, but, but I mean, there was, there was discussion about, there was quite a few films about COVID. Like people were busy during the lockdown, the early lockdown, and they were making films. Um, and uh, we we had a discussion about whether or not we would have a COVID program because there was enough content that, you know, that could have happened, a shorts program of about people dealing with the pandemic. And uh, we chose not to do that. Um again it's the whole idea of escaping um that we just figured there wasn't going to be much of a market for it um although there are two films um in the shorts programs that Mm. specifically um talk about the pandemic okay yeah no i mean i mean i think it makes sense to want to go on that lighter side escapism covid's all around us so I mean, sense. that kind of defines all of my content watching this year. <laughs> yes, that, trying yeah, to escapism. avoid COVID. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, next question comes from Katie, uh, who says, uh, this is very exciting to have someone come on the show who is involved in a real film festival. I am sure Mike and Taylor are happy to have Matt on the show, and I'm really excited to watch with my dad this week. Matt, what's your favorite part? about managing a film festival. And that comes from Katie. Well, Katie, honest, the honest answer, and I know we've already talked, I've already talked about this ad nauseum, but it's the programming. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy talking film with, with people. Um, but if I had to say a second thing, um, I would probably say it's um, meeting people um, at the festival and seeing them out like after the films and, um, there's a certain glow about people who see themselves represented um, at the festival, um, yeah. people who don't see themselves represented very often. And it, and it really sort of fuels my soul all year round to keep me going, doing this, doing this festival. Yeah. I think there's something, there's definitely something about that festival atmosphere, even though it's, it's a lot of work and people are often even just seeing movies are often burned out by the end of it. It's so worth it just to be around all these people to potentially meet a filmmaker, to talk about the process, to kind of be, be around and share that experience. Like it's such a, it's such a wild ride 
<laughs> festivals, like any type of festival. So yeah, I think that that's, that's a great answer, Matt. Like I really think I, I would have for sure guessed programming. You speak so passionately about it. So, so you clearly love it, but yeah, I, you bring up a really good point. That atmosphere is yeah. really, really great. It's not accounting and it's not grant writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which nope. Would you say those are your least favorite aspects, Matt? <laughs> um, yeah, let's say that. No okay. math. <laughs> <laughs> Math and grant writing. Oh, grant writing can be tough. It can be a slog. Um, next question comes from Chris, friend of the show. Uh, Chris is back and he writes in, how do you decide what dates you put films on? Mm. Mm. Well, Chris, that's a great question. So um, the opening gala, um, usually, historically anyways, has been something that makes you want to go out and party afterwards. Um some film festivals, they put something really high profile and a premiere. And in this case, in this year, we do have a Canadian premiere. The, the film drama Rama is, is, uh, is, is you'll be the first Canadians to, to see this film. Um, but that's not, that wasn't on purpose. We just felt like it was a feel good film. Mm. Uh, and, and that's what we, we go on. Um, Historically, also, we choose films that are geared to women. This is kind of sad. It's not necessarily a fun fact, but um, on earlier times in the evening. Um, and that's just been rooted in safety. Um, and um, date-wise, we don't actually, like, there's no real rhyme or reason. We just try to um, shake it up so that, like, um, that the each program is different from the next. Right. So we're not going to group all of our comedies on one night and we're not going to group all of our, say, trans content all on one day that like it becomes very diverse because we don't want to pigeonhole um, audiences and we don't want to pigeonhole genre either. We want everybody to have sort of an eclectic experience in watching the films. And are you, I mean, I, I know it's, especially looking at the schedule this year, you know, it's, it's possible to, to watch a lot of, a lot of the films. Like, do you try to keep it so you can see the vast majority of the festival, like not have anything too close together or, or is it your, you know, you've got a schedule, you've got to get everything in, like how we conscientious are how many each day? Yeah, we don't overlap. So if you're a festival pass holder, you can see every program. Um, you don't have to pick and choose. Um, is that what you meant? I, yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. 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 So like, I know like with like, say the Kings Canadian Film Festival, um, it becomes like a, oh God, I really want to see this film, but it's, you know, up against another film that I really want to see and they'll have second screenings and whatnot. And we started to play with that last year, um, but we still don't overlap. Um, we, we just sort of, some people like to condense their festival into three or four days. Um, I've, uh, we found that just, you know, like putting a leisurely, you know, spreading it out. Um, this allows people to either take a break yeah. um, or or just, the, you know, the people who are really into it gives them a chance to see everything they want to see. And yeah. we chose, we chose, we chose um, the festival was in March um, when it first started, the first couple of years, and we moved it to this time of year Um you know, late January, early February, because it is a really bummer time of year without, without COVID. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, everyone's sick of the winter. It's cold. It's dark. Um, 
and it gives some it gives people something to look forward to and you're not counter programming against anything good coming out in the theaters because sure. there's nothing that's <laughs> January, February, nothing. Like up until the Oscars, and then you finally get into March and you get like films again. That right now it's nothing. Like, yeah, again, bleak. if it wasn't COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's very bleak. And we're always like, what do we talk about in January and February? So yeah. it's, I mean, not only did you pick a good time for just Kingston, but like everywhere, there's okay. like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a great time frame to have a festival. Um, so that's that's all from the, our fans. So Lily, Susan, Katie, and Chris, thank you so much for for writing in. Um, and giving us giving us the base for for something to talk about with Matt. It's, Taylor and I can just sit back and listen to Matt go on about the festival, which is perfect. I could listen to Matt talk all day. Oh, you stop! <laughs> it's true. No, no, it's You're true. so. I, it was great having you on in previous years for you to just talk about movies, but just hearing about the inner workings of the festival, it's fascinating. Well, I I yes, I guess so. I mean, well, I mean, it's your job. You can tell, yeah, I guess for you, it might be. You're right, Taylor. With you being your job, maybe there's not as much glamour. But look at, I mean, the the, the four fans who wrote in questions. It's all behind the scenes. Everyone does seem very fascinated with how how does this come together. So no, I I think you're right. Like speaking about the inner workings of the festival, Matt. Like that's to me at least. Like that's that's really perfect. Like it's it gives us this really cool insight that normally I don't think people would have. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not something you learn in school either, right? Like how you don't no. you don't study to be a film festival organizer. It's sort of like you start as you know, you volunteer and you learn the ropes, and everyone learns together. That's how Real Out came about. No one really knew what they were doing. The collective just worked together to and ask questions from other festival organizers, and that's where we're at. I think that's how the best things get started, though. You just, you, you know, you have a goal, you have something you want to do. You don't hundred percent know how to do it, but you come together with good people and you try to make it happen. Like, I think, I think that's better than, than planning out something, you know, sometimes it's just better to go for it. You've got the passion behind it. You're going to make it work. So it's, yeah, it's great to see real out continue, um, in Kingston. And, and so how long have you been doing this, Matt? Like how long, how, what's year number is this for you with real out? This is my 12th year as the executive director of the organization, and it's my 21st year as a programmer. Wow. So I started, I started, I got involved with the Real Out Collective after the, the first uh, Real Out Festival way back when. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you've seen it grow then for, throughout the years. You've seen it go from what it was to what it is now. Yeah, I I feel like like it's like it's my baby. Like it's yeah. it's many. I mean, it's like a co-parent, but like it's definitely really it's my baby. And I, I even when I left, uh, I left Kingston for a few years to actually go back to film school in Calgary, and um, and I you know I I missed real out so much. In fact they made sure to invite me back um, to curate a, a, a program of queer shorts called fairies from the prairies. Um, <laughs> Great name. Yeah. And that, and um, while I was away, I was the festival director of the queer film festival out in Calgary and their, their festival is called uh, again, fairy tales. So uh, 
cute play on words. Yeah. Yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah those are, <laughs> it's always nice to have when you have a festival that like can do a play on words thing. Cause then you're going to remember it. Like you're not going to forget yeah. that name as opposed, cause I mean, there's so many, I used to say that about theater company names. There's a million backstage theater companies, but something unique and different. It's always nice because it rolls off the tongue. You remember it. So yeah, it's, it's great to have that. Um, Matt, thank you so much for doing this and yeah. for, for coming on and talking to us. We, we love to have you here regardless. So you're welcome back anytime. Let's great. make sure to do this again. Um, chat with you again. Hey, Oscar season's coming up, Matt. It's yeah. going to be weird this year. It's going to be a weird one. <laughs> so you should come back and chat with us about that. Absolutely. Let's do it. That'll be fun. Um, just a quick reminder to everybody that Real Out is coming up this week, January 29th to February 6th. Realout.com for all your information. You can also go right to realout.eventive.org to get all your ticketing information. Tickets are on sale now. Go get them. Thank you so much again, Matt, for joining us. Ta-ta. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for coming, Matt. That was Matt Salton uh, from Real Out and Taylor. Um, now we get to dive into movies from a hat for week number two, and this is this is another fascinating week as far as I'm concerned. Okay, well, this might be a mic heavy episode because I'm going to be honest, I struggle bust a little bit with Did finding connections. Well, well, no, hold on, finding connections. I only have one, but okay, okay, okay. For you and me, Tyler Vance has a couple connections for us, so just oh. be. So hey, what a relief. between Matt Salton and Tyler Vance, you and I have to do nothing. I love it. I love it. I love when our fans make the show so good and our, our contributing guests, because Matt was really wonderful. He's always a pleasure to have on. Yeah, they make it they make it so much fun and they make it they make it work. And you and I just just have to sit here and enjoy it. Yeah, which is which is great. We let it um, wash over us. <laughs> well, I mean, the, before before we get into the connections again, I think it's kind of nice to talk about the two films. Um, yeah. You know, because I, I think people can probably guess about one of the films how I feel. Um, so why don't we talk about the other one? Let's talk about two of the stars first. Um, yes. Because, you know, I, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. Oh, um, oh, 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 you were not a fan. It just didn't do it for me. <laughs> okay, well, what what didn't work for you? What what were your kind of feelings about it? I felt it was a little melodramatic. Um, I would agree. Yeah, it definitely felt like a YA novel, like a young adult novel, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> the thing is, though, you're not wrong. And it's funny <laughs> because I submit the. I want to read you who the person who submitted this because the person who submitted this submitted one movie and it was this movie. Uh, and it was it was Kira uh, who who submitted and said, uh, uh, I wanted you both to watch To the Stars because I think you'll both hate it. Okay. And that's all okay. we got in an email. Um, <laughs> Kira was probably right on my on my end. Yeah. Kira was like right on for you. Like, just like <laughs> God, you're going to hate this movie. Yeah. I, w- I, I don't want to go so far as to say I hated it, but I didn't feel like there was a lot there. Okay, um, yeah. At some points, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. But, like, for the most part, like, for me, this was, like, a really big pass. Like, okay, you yeah. can pass on this movie. You're not missing out on anything. I don't think you're going to hate it if you watch it. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's definitely yeah, better things out there. I guess what was surprising was that, like, the adult cast, there's some, like, very recognizable people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah. and even... um. 
one of the young actresses, one of the main characters is the um, young girl from Moonrise Kingdom. So, like, again, these aren't, like, necessarily, like, no-name people. No. Um, but it definitely felt like a Hallmark movie. Interesting. See, I didn't get, I didn't get the Hallmarky kind of sense of it. I agree that it was campy. I got that sense yeah. of it. And, and when I, what, what I was pleasantly surprised by is at the beginning, I felt the exact same way you did. I was like, this seems like it's going to be a very like made for like young people, like teen kind of drama. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess the, the depth that the movie started to show kind of surprised me a little bit. Like the, the kind of the backstory, not just with Maggie, but with the hairdresser and, and the fact that we didn't, I, I thought we were going to kind of get, what was her name? Iris? Is that, I know, yeah. It's so unforgettable. She's so yeah, unforgettable. Like, I don't even know her name. Forget, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I thought we were going to be stuck with her Stinky the whole time. Stinky drawers. Yeah, like, but we, <laughs> but we weren't. We, we kind of. It was more Maggie's more about Maggie. Story. Yeah. yeah, which, which I guess that's what I was surprised by. So I definitely felt that way. But I think as they were moving into a different direction with the movie, I was like, oh, good. So maybe I was just too relieved, and I was like, oh, all right, good. This isn't going where I, where I thought it wasn't. It was. It wasn't as bad as you thought it would be. That's exactly. That's yeah, making that's, you enjoy it more. That's making me enjoy it <laughs> so much more. Yeah. I, I was like, I the first like 15, 20 minutes of this movie, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? I have to sit through two hours of this. But then as the story kind of went, I was like, oh, this is okay. This is better. I'm a little bit more happy with this. But I, I agree. The campiness was 100% there. Um, and some some of the acting wasn't wasn't on par for me i didn't really get the hallmark sense to it i thought it was a little darker and more serious than that but again i can see where you're coming from so i don't i don't disagree with what you're saying okay so we're on the same page yeah we're we're we're, uh, (laughs) more or less yeah we're on the same page. i just liked it slightly more than you so would (laughs) yours be a stream it yeah i would be like a soft stream it because i think i think there's an audience for for this movie and I think that as someone like someone, if someone like me can kind of like passively enjoy it, I'm sure there's lots of people out there who would be like, oh, like this is like this is a good movie. Um, I liked it better than I thought it would a soft stream it because I just I wouldn't give it a skip it. Um, and I don't think I'd watch this on an airplane, but almost that airplane mentality. If you can stream it while you're doing something else, you know, you got to catch up on your Instagram and you got to catch catch up on your emails. Pop this movie on in the background and pay attention a few times. There'll be a couple like nice moments. That'll make you go, oh, that's kind of nice. Um, I would give yeah, this would a, give it a stream. This would be an airplane for me. Okay. You think you could watch this on an airplane? Uh... <laughs> like by your own logic. Okay. Let's go into the head of Taylor here. By Taylor's sort of definition, you got to no, be able to. No, like, I take it back. Because there you go. <laughs> you want to be able, when you're on an airplane, you want to be distracted, right? Yeah. Like you want yeah. a story that. You wouldn't maybe necessarily watch it when you're on the ground, but in the sky, it's going to keep you distracted. This movie would not have done that for me. Like, my mind was definitely wandering. wandering you're right. Like, yeah, definitely yeah. catching up on some Instagram, definitely reading some tweets, checking out the Bernie memes from the past weekend. So, yeah, um, yeah. this would be for me a skip it. Skip it for you? Yeah. And hey, that's fair. Uh, to me, it's a, just a soft stream it because I think I just liked it a little bit more than you did. I did like Maggie's character and I thought the stuff with her and I thought like even even the I want to call her Iris. I don't know if that's her name. I but think that's that her is her name. From name. Now on. Okay. Iris, I liked better the more like the relationship between her and Maggie. Like that stuff I kind of liked. 
I didn't like the kind of iris stuff before. I'm like, okay, this is just going to be like a, a teen is being picked on. Like She's mousy. Yeah. like, uh, But like, I liked what they kind of did with it. I liked kind of their relationship and I liked focusing on, on Maggie. So I like kind of that stuff. So yeah. I, I was really it. surprised to learn that it's not an adapted screenplay. Like I, I thought this was going to be a YA book hands down, but then I assumed it was, I, well, again, I got my news from Wikipedia. Wikipedia (laughs) made no reference to an adaptation. Like it's just a, it's a, uh, an original screenplay. Okay. Well, I mean, Hey, original stuff, uh, power to them. Um, but did it not feel like, yes, that's definitely even like the name of the movie. I'm like, this is a Y, this is a YA novel. No question about it. Well, oh, yeah, I just, I just looked up the the IMDb. It's just someone who wrote it. It's yeah. not. There's no written. There's no story based on. There's nothing. It's that just, just came right from it. their imagination. And you're right. It does. Uh, it seems like what are those movies like? I'll I'll catch you in the wind. Fault and, in the and your fault, yeah, fault in the stars. I, you're the fault in my star and and whatever. With, with love comes feeling or whatever. Yeah. And you know. It did seem like it was that. I just thought maybe that's why I'm scaling it like that this way. I'm scaling it as it's a you know young audience um, movie, and it was better than I expected. I think if you were 16, maybe not even 16, if you were like 15 and this came into the movie theaters, I bet you butts would be in the seats. Yeah, and, and I'm sure we have some younger listeners. I'm sure if they they watched it, we could recommend it to you. Like, you might like it because I think it is geared towards an age group, which movies do all the time. Yeah, it's a coming-of-age queer. Mm-hmm. There's queer elements to it. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say elements. Like, they're one of the major well, the plot. Main part of, yeah, the, the main, main part plot of the story, point. yeah. <laughs> For Maggie. For Maggie, at least. For Maggie, um, yeah. 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 Which, that's one thing I'll say. If the movie was trying to like shock you with that i guessed it from the very beginning oh so like they were not subtle about it and i i kept thinking i'm like are they trying to make it obvious or are they trying to make it subtle so like you, it's like what happened like i guessed exactly why they moved i knew exactly what had happened like it was very very blatant and obvious so none of that was like i spot. didn't i didn't necessarily know right away why they had to move but when it like when she was like i don't do my hair and i like sports like they were using like very like it was all cliche it was very yeah cliche. like very cliche the marker is that she is not a typical young woman in the and 1960s kinda, yeah and they kind of like flat like really punched it in your face with it which is like okay all right we know what you like it's not it wasn't very cleverly done it wasn't very there was no nuance it was a little stereotypical i agree and I hated that, like how Maggie gets ratted out at the end of the movie, like how this girl's in like utter hysterics. <laughs> oh like, yeah, that was ridiculous. Like yeah. really, like yeah. maybe, like I'm trying to like put myself in the context, right? It's 1960s. It's like what, like Oklahoma? Where are they? Oklahoma. They're like in the, like the yeah. South. Yeah, they're in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. It's the 1960s. You don't even really know what gay people are. Yeah, like. Would I have a meltdown the way that girl had a meltdown? And that's the thing, like, that was part of it where it's like, it kind of made me go like, okay, come on. But then I was like, well, I don't know, maybe. Like, maybe that's just how... Especially maybe that's like how that people were. Yeah, and that character was awful. Like, those girls at the school were just... Well, dreadful. I thought, like, it didn't make sense for the her, Hattie, 
for Hattie to be the one to have a meltdown because she seemed like, you know, she was kind of the outlier in the popular girl group. Yeah. If it yeah. was like the prissy stuck up one who had the meltdown, See, the pr- that would have made sense. But the prissy stuck up one, she would have like, she would have just done, like she, she's so, she probably knows more than the other. Like you're talking about like the leader of the group or the other one? Well, probably not the leader, but the one who was waiting yeah. in the car. Oh, yes. The okay. One. That other one. Yes. Yeah. She, that you're a hundred. I agree with you. That, that would have made more she, sense. She should have had the freak out because she would know nothing. And she's right? dumb. She's, she's like the dumb out. friend of yeah. the group. Being like, yeah. I don't know what I saw. Mom, yeah. dad. Ah. Yeah. But the leader, the leader of the group. Would yeah, have just she's been too like, worldly. Too worldly and would have just be like, now I'm going to ruin you. Like yeah. that's the whole, yeah, yeah. I agree. Whereas yeah. like they set it up that it was like ignorance. Like, yeah. oh, like, yeah. I mean, I buy it that they would like try to run the hairdresser out of town. Like that, that, that. Yeah. that made sense. Yeah. But uh-huh. like the meltdown that the girl had, Hattie yeah. had, I'm like, yeah. really? Like, I think you're right. I think if they had switched the characters, that would have made more sense. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah. But like, again, like that's the thing about this movie. There's lots of little flaws that it has. But yeah, maybe I'm just like, I thought it was going to be so much worse. And again, I will say, like, let's transition into the other movie. I, do, I hate Into the Woods, that movie. Like, I, I love the stage production. And I and I despise this movie, so that might have also been part of it. Is like I'm glad. I'm oh, seeing did you watch? Did you watch Into the Woods? Did you even rewatch Into the Woods? I did. So what did you watch first? Oh, Into the Woods. Yeah. So already, <laughs> you know, because you had watched Into the Woods first, you were like, yeah. "Oh, this is a palate cleanser." Yes, that's true. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I, I, like. It, if you had watched it by itself on the weekend, I don't think you would be giving it such a rosy review. You, you might be right. You might yeah. be right. I think you're you're absolutely right. And it is a good palate cleanser to that mess that is Into the Woods, which um, Nicole uh, pointed out. She sent a message over Instagram that the director is the is the same director as as Mouthpiece. Into the Woods? Film. Yeah, that's or at least involved. I'm going to double check if, if she's the one who directed it. But that's uh, that's what Nicole um, had messaged that it's the it, maybe not the director, but there's some sort of connection between um, uh, someone involved in Mouthpiece was also involved in, in Into the Woods. It wasn't the director, but it was somebody who was involved in it, which I thought was. It would have like, made more cool. sense for Mouthpiece and Into the Stars to be connected. You know what? You might be right. Hold on. Let's go back to Instagram. Let's do this. Let's do this right on the show. I'm going back into Instagram because you know what? They sound so familiar that the, the two titles, she might be right. Hold on. You might be 100% correct. Let's go into the messages. No, what she said. She said Into the Woods. Into the Woods is another Patricia like... Rosema, a.k.a. Kingston Human, a.k.a. Mouthpiece Director. Wait, how are they connected? What did she say? She, this is a. This is. I'm going to quote. I'm going to say exactly what Nicole sent us. I am. Uh, this is Nicole. All in caps, by the way. <laughs> this, this is all in caps. One sentence. Yeah, that checks into out. the woods. <laughs> into the woods is another Patricia Roseman, aka Kingston Human, aka mouthpiece director. She's missing a word though. Is another what? <laughs> like is I another. Don't know. 
Huh. I don't know because I assumed she meant into the woods, but I think Rob Marshall directed that. He did, um, but maybe Patricia Roseman is involved in some way. So Nicole, didn't, I, I know she didn't direct into the stars because that's Martha something. Nicole, something. you're gonna have to clarify what is this connection? I don't understand. Nicole, we need a clarification message, and I have now learned not to randomly try to remember an Instagram message on air. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna let's uh, Nicole cl- clear this up. Yeah. <laughs> let us know. Anyway, let know let's next. talk about Into the Woods. Taylor, what did you think of Into the Woods, the 2014 hit film? Well, considering I could only see like five percent of the film, it's so friggin' dark, isn't it? What the but heck? Enjoyment. Enjoy this musical, Taylor, in the dark. I I like honest honestly Mike I couldn't even pay attention to what was going on because I couldn't see what was happening. So like I was so checked out and the songs weren't very good. Well, this is the thing. So it, Into the Woods is a Stephen Sondheim musical and Sondheim is not known for catchy tunes. He's known okay. he's a he's a lyricist first and foremost. He did the lyrics for West Side Story, that's kind of how he got started. But he's all about counter melodies. So when you when you are singing, they're they're playing counter melodies underneath. So it's actually tough for it's like so it's like, a challenge for you singers mean like how like like the three people were singing at the same time but singing Sing, different lines. Oh, singing different lines, and there's like the the music doesn't always match like the oh, melody okay, of the song it. doesn't always match what you're singing. Which normally in a song, if you're singing lyrics, it's going along with the melody, right? Like that's right. how it, you know even in sing talky, there's like a melody underneath. Stephen Sondheim is very different in that sense. And that's why musical theater people is such a challenge. And a lot of musical theater people like to do the show. And I've seen it live on stage. And it's it's very interesting and it's very unique on stage. But he's not known for his catchy music, which I don't think translates to movies very well. But I'm definitely like an Andrew Lloyd Webber fan. Yes, who's who's very much melody. Yeah, like, yeah. so like, yeah. I guess like different school of thought in terms of Mm -hmm. musicals um so i'll say a did not enjoy i guess the cinematography did not enjoy (laughs) the um songs so already Mm -hmm. these are like two major important things in terms of musical adaptations and then i thought the kids so annoying (laughs) oh my gosh little red and uh and uh, jack Jack, yeah. Or I don't know if they call him Jack in the movie, but Jack in the Beanstalk. Beanstalk, And I thought, okay, so like the Little Red definitely is like musical theater acting, Mm -hmm. which like is fine in musical theater, but we've talked Mm -hmm. about this on the show before when we talk about musicals. Um, Musical adaptations, it's a different medium, right? Like you don't need to act the way you would act on stage as you would in a movie. And so like I found her insufferable. Yes. Oh, do you agree? Just, I, oh, I 100% agree. Um, th- so first of all, the, the kid who played Jack, I found him annoying before Into the Woods. He played Gabrosh in the, the Les Mis one with uh, Hugh Jackman. Okay. He played like, a little kid that also runs around is extremely annoying. Um, so he was already <laughs> annoying. I wasn't, a, I wasn't a fan of him to begin with. And yes, if so, so Little Red, had she done that on a stage, on like, you know, Broadway or Stratford. Like I saw Into the Woods at Stratford. That that performance would fit in well on stage. It works as a musical theater performance. It's a different medium film. It's not the same thing. You can't, it, it, you have to do something different. It just comes off as bad and annoying and really irritating. Like I was irritated 
with all of that stuff. And Little Red has some of the fun moments in at least the, the musical, which some of them are cut out of, of the movie. But it just, they're just, they're both just so annoying. Just the worst. And also, I don't like James Corden. So oh, I just. I'm glad you brought this up. So you see him like right away in the movie, right? And mm-hmm. Dan yeah, was right. sitting beside me playing World of Warcraft. And he goes, ugh, James Corbin? I got James Corbin fatigue. That guy's mm-hmm. in everything. And I don't yeah. like him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with Dan more. So, I mean, I don't have like, I'll be honest, I don't have strong feelings about him as an actor. Like, when I see him in things, I'm like, okay, like, I can understand him annoying people because he kind of has that like shtick. Like, I don't know. But, um, I didn't think any of the characters were likable. No. And like, I like um, who plays the baker's wife. What's her name? Emma. Oh, Emily Blunt. Yeah, Emily. I like Emily Blunt as an actress, especially as a comedic actress. Mm-hmm. Hated her character. And I don't know if that was like a, what what's his name? Son, Sonheim. Sonheim. I don't know mm-hmm. if like you're typically not supposed to like his characters, but like everyone was horrible. Yeah, they're usually relatively flawed and into the woods. The whole idea is that it's kind of debunking um, fairy tale. your fairy tale character. But I will say in this movie, everyone's even more unlikable. Like you're supposed to sympathize with the baker and the baker's wife and Cinderella and Little Red and Jack. Those are like your main group that you're kind of supposed to sympathize with and follow around. And even though they're bad you can get behind their decisions you can get behind them you can get behind them you can root for them um because the first the act of the musical ends with you know everyone's everyone's got what they wanted yeah um and that's the end of first act you go into intermission go like i remember the first time i ever saw this we were on a school trip and i even asked my teacher i'm like how is there more and he was just like just wait like there's more because like you know happily ever after has happened and then the second act the giant shows up and everything like happens and in this movie all i kept thinking and i think tyler vance echoes it in his email and we'll get to that in a second is i i just keep thinking how is this movie still going that's yeah oh my gosh and that was i was like oh man like at this point like pretty emotionally checked out definitely on instagram at this point if i wasn't already on instagram i'm on instagram <laughs> you now. Were now yeah and then i don't know i said to dan like oh there's 40 minutes left of this movie and dan's yeah. like what it was brutal. Yeah. It was it was a brutal watch. And again, because I could only see maybe 5% of what was happening on, yeah. on screen. <laughs> the 5% that you saw, you yeah. didn't like. Yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> and I mean, um, this is an unpopular opinion. I don't like Anna Kendrick. I think she was miscast in this. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hit and miss with her too. So really, they're like, Emily Blunt could not save this movie for me. Oh, Emily Blunt by herself. Poor, no. poor Emily having to like. <laughs> having to put up with all of this. Yeah, having yeah. to shoulder this whole two hour movie musical. She couldn't so are do you, it. Are you giving it a skip it too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Two skip it's for Into the Woods. Mission accomplished. Um, so let's get to quickly some connections because as you, you mentioned, this was hard for you to make connections between these two. The only thing I could connect is that both of them had really bad lighting. Okay. Yeah, that's true. The scenes, the scenes at the at the like lake and the water, I couldn't see. Yeah, I don't know I idea what was going on. What was going on? Um. Well, okay. So as I mentioned, Tyler has saved us because he's come up with a couple. Thank you. Some Tyler. of them, some of them work, and some of them don't. Um, Once again, Tyler's saving the day. 
about the same thing. So Tyler wrote in a long email, but just for time, I'm just going to summarize a couple things. But he did. I just want to pass along this that he said. Um, he said, um, your glowing review of your name left me ecstatic beyond description. Aww. That film is indeed one of my all-time favorites, and it was nice to hear kind words tossed its way. Um, it's, it isn't every day that a Tyler film plays well on screening in Kingston. So I'll cherish that moment. That's <laughs> so nice. there you go. Um, so he did say now to the hard task, it's strange to compare um, these two films, but he's brought, he's got four things. Some of them are not good, but some of them are. So he said the <laughs> number one connection, number one, they both have similarly arranged titles structured as preposition into versus two followed by article the versus the followed by location now woods versus stars so he's not wrong that's a grammatic yeah grammatically grammatically there's a connection number two they both made me angry one intentionally and the other due to apparent lack of intention i assume that's into the woods the lack of intention number three they both feature exceptionally strained and unhealthy parent-child relationships mothers motivated and motivated by the personal baggage and a variety um and, oh, and vanity into keeping their daughter physically suppressed and romantically repressed. Fathers willing to abandon or disown their children for reasons that remain complete mysteries to me. So I don't think he's wrong there. Yeah, that's like, I a think good the one. Parent, the, the parent, that's kind of the only one I picked up on was there is a parent child connection here. You've got Cinderella from Into the Woods with, with the relationship with her stepsisters and, and stepmother and her, you know, her father and, and the abandonment of the baker's uh father abandoning him and then obviously to the stars what about the witch and rapunzel the witch and rapunzel that's another perfect one um even to a lesser extent the kind of princes wanting to kind of escape their life and almost being like forced into princehood when they're not really like that jack's mom was pretty crap jack's mom absolutely so i think tyler makes a good point there um then his fourth one says they both uh begin with a young woman wishing earnestly for something and then going on a journey to discover that they didn't really need something. Iris into the stars floats in a pond where another woman uh, took her own life and wishes upon the stars to disappear. But through her friendship with Maggie, she finds a place to belong um, in her little town. Cinderella from Into the Woods sings a jaunty tune uh, that goes on for what feels like a century um, about her wishing (laughs) to be away from her nightmare life and into the dream world um of princesses and such and and i do think he makes it another good comparison we do kind of start with that i wish for something else feeling and iris kind of gets seen at the end yeah um, i buy it i buy that connection i i buy that too i didn't think about it but uh, tyler i I do buy that connection um he wants to say just just to kind of wrap this up uh, he says regardless of the tonal and quality differences here he did appreciate both movies that they did establish the important distinction between a character's what a character wants and what a character needs. Um, now, Tyler says he liked some of the acting in To the Stars. Um, just to kind of summarize some of the things he said, he actually thought To the Stars had better acting than Into the Woods did. I would um, say yes, the acting was better. Yeah, uh, and uh, but he he also did not like the music. He says different strokes for different folks, I suppose, for the music. Um, so Tyler signed his email. Um, how is this still, how is there still an hour left in this movie? <laughs> Which is exactly how I felt. So thank you, Tyler, for bringing in those connections. I, I think that the con- the one that he- connection he made there, I think is quite clear between the, the family and the relationship between parents. Yeah. And I do, I do like that idea of, we do start with Cinderella and Iris and kind of go along that journey with them. Um, 
so yeah, I, I, I kind of get that as well. Um, just quickly though, I know we're running out of time here, Taylor. I did want to quickly say that Tyler did put, he just said he didn't change the bingo card, but he attached the originals and put some Rona friendly updates that we can add if we want to. Oh. So do you want me to give, I'm just going to yeah. name those four ones. So he says, Mike says he'll edit something, but doesn't. <laughs> yep. Good. Uh, Taylor's dog makes an appearance. <laughs> Teddy, yeah. Uh, the show, quote, gets political. <laughs> and uh, the fate of cinema is called into question. <laughs> so that's what Tyler says. We'll add those to the bingo card. Yeah. Maybe we'll update. We'll do a, uh, you know, a Rona-friendly bingo Oh, card. that's we'll great. On the website. So thank you, Tyler, for doing that. And thank you for writing in, Tyler. Uh, you helped us make some connections this week. Um, shall we draw two new movies? Oh, I'm so excited. Put, the, put those two movies to bed and get some good ones here. Yes. Here we go. Let's draw it. All right. Movie number one for week three of our movie club is Kingsman. That's a good one. Kingsman. So there you go. I assume that's the first Kingsman movie. So that's good. That's a great movie. We, I love that it's one. Pick our own. We we pick which one we watch. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> we're going to watch Maybe the first one. we're going to choose your own adventure. Yeah, no. Uh, we'll, we'll watch the first Kingsman. Followed by our second Ooh. movie. There he is. Empire of the Sun. <laughs> Empire is of it, the Sun. Is Brad Pitt in that movie? Uh, I, I don't know. This is from, okay, so this is from Derek, Empire of the Sun. So I don't know. Oh, it's a young uh, that, Christian that Bale, maybe. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't. Christian yeah, Bale movie? When he's little. Okay. He's like very okay. young in this movie. John Malkovich. So we got okay, Empire of the Sun from Derek. And Kingsman, who is from Akil. Cool. Okay. So we had we had Kira and Austin this week, and we have Akil and Derek next week. So there you go. Those are our movies to watch, everybody. Kingsman, the first Kingsman movie, and Empire of the Sun. Very so exciting. Very exciting. I'm 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 hoping to for for Hope. a good week here yeah. after that. Hopefully it's better. <laughs> yeah. Thank the you so much, everyone. Low, though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I've got to. I've got to watch them also very separately. I think you're right. I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to do the same thing we did with To the Stars, where I uh, <laughs> think the movie's a lot better than maybe it is now. Listen to you see it, but yeah, Kingsman, Empire of the Sun. Thank you so much, everybody. It was a packed episode this week. Thank you again to Matt and everybody who wrote in fan questions. Watch those movies with us, and uh, we'll you'll hear from us uh, next week. Go stream some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.